0: what's going on everyone welcome back to episode 46 of more wrestling's podcast i'm your host dylan morrison today we have 2021 olympic team member and 2021 world team member jesse porter how are things going today jesse
1: really great really great you know i just got back um i'm kind of just kicking in my training and uh setting everything up for uh uh worlds in norway you know we had kind of a short period of time before the next tournament here. So I had to get kicking right away um, and try to, you know, get recovered and get back into training. But uh, I'm really excited for this one. You know, I got a lot of things in the works. I got a lot of uh, um, sponsorships coming up too that are going to be interesting with um, a lot of merch rolling out. I had I had just uh, the, the other shirt that I had just made. Uh, I want to roll out some more of those. The Greco was boring shirt. I've been promoting the hell out of that one. So
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. I definitely wanted to get into the, the uh, you know, growing your brand thing. But, uh, you know, you were talking about not having a lot of time before your next competition. Um, you know, the past seven months, you've been really busy and more so like March, April, May. But, you know, let's take it back. Uh, let's start in the last weekend of March. You traveled down to Texas to compete in the last chance Olympic team trials qualifier. You know, you finished four and one securing second place and qualifying for the next weekend's Olympic team trials. You no, know, I think the seeds were dropped on Monday, and you know it came out you're 10 you were the 10th seed. being stuck in Texas for the week, I assume you were stuck. Most people were, um, we're not we're not allowed to leave. But how did you spend the week leading up to trials?
1: Um, yeah, so we had the last chance, and you know, and then yeah, there was a week I was stuck in Texas. Before that, the week I kind of just spent, you know, getting ready for the tournament. We had a kind of a little regiment um, that me and my team made up. And uh, we were uh, getting, cutting weight, making sure that I was down to weight, um, working on a couple of technique things, just fine tuning some things. Um, it really wasn't that much, you know, it was kind of very uh, makeshift, you know, kind of whatever works. But um, I don't really think it was that complicated. I mean, we really just uh, were cutting weight and uh, working on a little bit of technique. And also, um, you know, the hotel, we kind of just had to stretch that out. New York AC, um, they sponsored me, they helped me out with that, so.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, So, you know, you open up the Olympic trials with a win um, in round of 16. And then in the quarters, you take out Ravon Perkins with 10 to nothing, which he was a 2016 Olympic team member. And then in the semis, you defeat a two time world team member, Pat Smith, five to three. And in the finals, you take out Pat Smith in two straight matches, eight to one and seven to seven to claim your spot on the world or on the Olympic team. Um, You know, knowing you still have to try to qualify the weight a month, you know, a month away from when the trials were you know, were you able to at least enjoy what you had just accomplished? I mean, your confidence must have been at a high.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like I, I definitely was. Uh, I was really looking forward to, you know, uh, making the Olympic team. That's what my main focus was. Um, but uh, I to, to see, you know, the progress kind of um, show itself at the tournament was really, um, really awesome to see for me. And uh, there. are it was also kind of uh, eye-opening because, in a lot of ways, I actually did less before this tournament than I had previously before other tournaments. Um, and I know that sounds weird because you're like, "Wait, how did you do less and do better?" It's like, yeah, it. I I actually did less. I feel like I did less training, and actually got better results. So um some people say you know some would say i did less other people would say oh you just did it more effectively you know i guess you could kind of say it's the same thing but um i found out that there was some things that you know uh i just didn't need to be doing and the volume wasn't really the most important part of it you know it, it's really the quality of the training that is is important i figured that out and I think that's one of the things that led to most of my success.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's great that you found that out. You, you've been on obviously a, a pretty recent streak of success with, you know, the, the last chance trials, the uh, Olympic trials, the world team trials. Um, yeah, you, you've been on quite a run since, uh, since finding that, but, you know, you went over to uh, Sofia, Bulgaria to try to qualify the weight. And, you know, you've been in the streets a lot. You've, you've been in a lot of, uh, competition, you know, overseas and whatnot. And, and just, I guess, domestic too against foreign people though. But, uh, did you have a game plan going in?
1: Yeah, um, I definitely did. And, you know, the thing about game plan, um, it's, it's, it's kind of easy to kind of just throw it out when, you know, you lose and you're like, oh, okay, I get the whole thing is wrong. Right. But, um, more experienced people, they'll look at it and they'll be like, you know what, um, you can actually see where some things worked. Right. And my game plan that I had, there were bits and pieces of it that worked. And then there are other pieces of it that didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of, it was a really good tournament for me because I, I learned a lot. You know, I learned what pieces actually worked. And then I learned what are the pieces, you know, were not working. Um, for this tournament in particular, um, circumstances kind of led to me getting jet lag in the second match. Um, and, I, and I didn't really noticed that I was jet lagged until after looking back at the match. I was like, why, why do I look look so tired? And um, you know, it was just because I only had a very, very short amount of time for my body to adjust. We had a a problem um, at the airport. Like they, they wouldn't accept my uh, COVID test. And because of that, like we missed our first flight and uh, you know, we kind of lost a day or two. And we got there. We had I had to cut weight real quick, and then like I only had one day to rest until then. I had to wrestle, so you know everything was all was kind of rushed, and you know, and because of that, I, I was a little bit jet lagged. Might have affected you know my wind, but I dealt with what I had. And as far as I'm, I'm concerned, that 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 is something that can can be fixed. But at the time, it was hard because COVID, you know, it was all pretty new, you know. It was all pretty new to deal with that. So but um going forward that's something that can definitely be improved upon.
0: Yeah, I mean I won't get too much into I guess the tournament itself. I didn't realize that those times where you know, traveling over the seas, the COVID thing, everything just kind of was a um, you know, an inconvenience. You know, you went over there, you lose to Senzig, right? I believe um you know you won your first match actually and then you lost to Senzig. But he was a familiar opponent. I think you've wrestled him a few times. He lost his next match, I believe, and which eliminated you out of the tournament. Just knowing you made it, significant strides from the 2019 Senior Nationals to the World Olympic Qualifiers. You know, how were you able to refocus, knowing you had four months until this past weekend's World Team Trials?
1: Yeah, uh, it was. It was really just kind of, um, kind of back to what I, what I've been doing. Every tournament that I'd went to, um, I just kind of pulled away more and more information about you know what i need to work on um they did a they did perfectly they worked out absolutely perfectly for um kind of putting out all of my holes and weaknesses so you know every single tournament that i went to i was like oh there's a hole there's a weakness and i just kind of wrote it down and then i had this list when i came back and um as i was going through you, you probably can't notice it if you if you're not you know a connoisseur in greco-roman wrestling obviously but um if you, you can notice how I've actually gotten better in these areas at every single tournament, every single tournament, I got better or fixed something, a little thing here, a little thing there. Um, even in this last world team trials, um, there's definitely some things that i had fixed that I was exploited on at Bulgaria that, you know, I did right in these tournaments.
0: Um, so, I mean, I want to talk about a little bit of you, you know, how you've found the progress I've seen, uh, you know, the, the art of wrestling, but, I just want to rewind it to 2019 senior nationals that I just brought up December, 2019, you competed at the senior nationals, you know, where you lost in the round of 32 to, or Cheryl. Um, so Cheryl, and then you won two on the backside and you know, you were eliminated by Barry Asa, you know, was that your last Greco competition until 2020 u 23, November. Yep. Okay. So if I'm not certain, it was an article that I read or, you know, maybe it was an interview on flow, but you talked about your COVID training in your family home in Shenandoah. And, uh, you know, how that actually improved your facets of your game, which you kind of just talked about. You you weren't able to, you know, have a partner, right? I mean, COVID lockdown, it really eliminates a lot of people's focus. But, you know, you found the best of it. Um, how beneficial was it to have that time off, even though you didn't really you know, have the resources? You also found your why in wrestling.
1: Yeah. Um, so, that yeah, that was definitely a pivotal time in my, in my, in my entire life um, during, you know, 2020. A lot of stuff happened, uh, you know, during that year that kind of uh, just uh, changed me as a person and changed, you know, um, how I was looking at things. And uh, I think it started with, you know, lockdown in March where I was kind of training and doing school and then kind of all that stuff got uprooted, um, you know, kind of out of nowhere, kind of felt like somebody just pulled a rug out of my feet. And um, all of a sudden, I couldn't train at school, and school was on pause for a second, too. So, literally, the only two things that I knew of, right, that I basically did my whole entire life is just train and go to school. There was no more of that. You know, there's no tournaments, and there was no school at that time as well. Um, so, I kind of didn't really have a lot to do. And that time where I didn't really have a lot to do, gave me the opportunity to kind of look at what I was doing and kind of ask the deeper questions like why am I doing these things right so um during that time that is kind of when I so you know so called you know quote unquote found my why which really kind of helped drive me to most of the success that I've had in the past you know six or seven months or so and it also drove me to uh uh reform my uh training regimen as well and kind of through adversity find a way to make what i'm doing work here because like let's 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 be honest i mean this wasn't the best situation you know i came back i thought i was going to be screwed like i was like i have no partners i i don't you know there's no i i can't live wrestle i have no one to go to you know i i just felt like i was like i don't know how i'm going to train here um and that so, and I'm sure a lot of people were seeing that too during that time, but um, you know, during that time that I found my why, it gave me the determination and drive to actually find a way to make it work, right? To find a way to make it work. And once I found the way to make it work, I figured out that it actually works better than what I was doing at Northern. So, um yeah,
0: yeah, I mean you definitely found your why. I mean, you found ways to work. Obviously, some people came out of COVID in the lockdown and you know, they they weren't as, you know, they were a step behind. And then some of them, you know, obviously like yourself, you were you were a step ahead from where you were. Um, so November twenty twenty, you compete at the U twenty three nationals, eleven months out from the last time you actually competed. You run into Shiro again, this time winning by technical superiority, eleven to nothing. You go on to Tech uh, Dow in the finals, and then win your fourth straight U23 national title. You know, did you feel like you got your mojo back after that tournament?
1: Well, yeah, I think it was really a testament to what I've been doing. And, uh, and really a testament to uh, the progress that I've seen, um, you know, and kind of, like the strength of my why basically, because every single tournament that I've gone to from U23s to, to now has been a test of how strong my why is, you know, during those, you know, third, third, uh, you know, third period goes, you know, overtime goes when you're on top of them and, and you, maybe, you know, your, your butt muscles aren't really warmed up well, and you got to lift again and again and again, you know, if I I'm thinking about my why during the match, I'm thinking about my why. I'm thinking about why I'm doing this. I'm thinking about my largest ultimate dreams and goals and how they connect to what I'm doing now and how I win that exact moment, right? To get closer to those goals, right? That's what I'm thinking about when I'm tired. That's what I think, that's what I'm thinking about when I need that one more lift, right? Um, And every single time, it's never failed me. It has never failed me. It has never failed me. It didn't fail me in U23s, didn't fail me in Olympic trials, didn't fail me in this trials. And I don't think it's going to fail me at, um, at the Worlds either. You know, even at um, even at um, uh, Bulgaria. Right. I thought I fought. I was jet lagged, but I fought. And after I got off the mat, I knew that it wasn't over. You know, it's like, OK, you know, I'm not going to the Olympics this time. But I know this isn't over and I know I'm going to reach my goal. I know I have the drive to continue to go. Like, I didn't feel like it was over. So I don't really feel like the goals that I have created have failed me thus far. I feel like that they're strong enough to continue to, um, to continue to drive me. And that was one of the biggest things that I figured out is that before my goals were not strong enough, they were not strong enough. They were not big enough. They weren't, um... I wasn't, I wasn't thinking big enough. I wasn't dreaming big enough, basically, you know? Yeah. And if you're not dreaming big enough. You're not going to be motivated. You know, you, the only way to be motivated to work really, really hard for long periods of time is to have basically ridiculously large goals. And you, you get those goals. Um, that's, that's something worth fighting for. You know, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. My goals are worth fighting for. And that's why I continue to fight for them,
0: man. I mean, you finding your why, like, you know, a lot of wrestlers, I guess, looking at it from the outside, but, uh, more people like go through the motions or, you know, if something's not working, maybe they, they obviously change to a different RTC, but you know, you finding your why and like digging down and, and and finding the real reason why you're, you're doing the sport and why you're doing this to make yourself get better. Um, it just, just works. Like, I think a lot, a lot more people need to hear that part, but, uh, Let's fast forward to this past weekend. You know, you're refocused after Bulgaria. You're ready to toss people. And, uh, you know, you've had a busy spring of ups and downs. But You enter the World Team Trials as the number one seed. You roll into the quarters with an 11-0 win over to Perez. You open up your semis match against Ortiz, 6 to nothing. But, you know, you fought. You had a fight. I mean, he came back. It was 6-5. to five. Um, You put yourself in the finals against a guy you've wrestled, you know, several times in the last year in Fritz Schierl. Um, what was your thoughts and plan of attack going into the two out of three, knowing you've had the last win over him?
1: Yeah. So it never gets any easier wrestling people that you've wrestled over and over again. Um, just keeps continues to get harder and harder. You have to be technical. Um, if you're not technical, you're just not going to make it, you know, you have to be a technical wrestler, um, and, you know, as as it goes along, people, you know, start working on st- other stuff. You can't have the same moves. You have to make uh, develop different things. So you have to continue to change and adapt. And a lot of times, you know, beating people to make the team can get can be harder than beating people overseas sometimes, you know, because um, you, you can see this, you know, when you see wrestlers like Jordan Barrows, and, and um, you know, when they're wrestling people like Jason Nolf, they got close matches, you know. These close seven to three matches, and that's because they've wrestled each other over and over again, you know. And they have to, uh, and sometimes the matches are a lot closer because they've wrestled each other so much and they know each other's moves. So it's 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 a lot harder. But um, you know, strategically going in, I I had my plan. Um, you know, I had to focus on a lot, a couple different things that I've been working on. And, you know, I was firing in all cylinders and I knew that no matter what happened, um, as long as I'm still on the mat, there's still time on the clock. um, I'm not out of this match and I'm going to make and I'm going to make sure that I win. I'm going to make sure that if if there's still time on the clock, I don't care how many points he's up. I can still win and I will win because the opportunity is there right that's kind of what i already convinced myself before that match it's part of my it's part of it's part of uh my goals my plans right so i knew in my head i was like um the way i'm going to get there is by like let's let's look at it this way right i like to win every single moment of the match right mm-hmm. i like to win every single moment of the match and so And when I'm thinking about winning the moment, I'm thinking about what in this moment should I do to lead me closer to my ultimate goal, right? And when I ask myself that question, I tell myself the answer and I go, well, you need to get in a better position to score. You need to score right now or you need to do this or you need to do that. And I continue to do that through the entire match. I do that through the entire match and that leads to me winning that's what it leads to. Cause if you're winning every single moment, you're going to get to that scoring position first. You're going to get to that hand control first. You're going to get that score on top before he does. You're going to get out before he does. Right. So um, one thing kind of leads to another and it kind of has a domino effect. That's kind of um, my thought process uh, going into uh, the finals.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're, your thought process, I think is a lot like a lot of Americans. I mean, we obviously just watched the Olympics and Gable Stevenson won the last few seconds, right? He he just attack, attack, attack. And you see a lot of the foreign guys, they, if if, if there's five, six seconds left on the clock and they're down by, you know, two or three, they kind of just stop and, you know, put their hands on their head or their hips and, you know, they're, they're defeated when there's still time on the clock. But I think us Americans have that killer instinct where, you know, you got to attack, 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 there's time on the clock, there's time to score. And, uh, you know, that's obviously the mindset to have. But you win two straight matches against them, nine to nothing, nine to seven. You clinch your spot on the world team. And now New York has five wrestlers on the world team with you, Jenna Burkett, Yanni, Dake, and Gwiz. How does it feel to represent USA with a group of New Yorkers and one being a fellow journeyman guy?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. I, uh, I did see that out yeah, five New Yorkers, uh, you know, made it on the team. I think that's fantastic. Um, I, uh, I, like I said, I'm really just following out the plan that I had set out for myself, which involves me meddling at, um, in Norway, um, as, as part of that plan. And then, you know, I, and it's funny because I'd never actually thought about the things the way I'm thinking about them now. I, use, I always thought thinking about, the um, thinking the way I'm thinking now is like counting your eggs before they hatch and kind of like, I don't know, just and, or maybe even being cocky, right? And you know, sometimes I sound a little cocky when I'm talking, right? But really all I'm doing is I'm just laying out my future path that I want to follow, you know? I'm laying out my path that I want to follow, making it known, making it clear, making it uh, precise so that when the time comes, I know what I need to do in order to stay on that path, right? Um, I've already kind of went over in my head what I'm going to do after I win the medal, you know? I've already went over like who I'm going to talk to after I win the medal, um, what the next step is, you know, it's not, that's not the only step that. And there's things to do after that. Right. Um, but yeah, I think um, the way I'm thinking about things is kind of like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm pulling them into existence, so to speak, you know, um, yeah. I'm pulling them into existence by holding it in my head You hold it in your head and you continue to uh, talk about it and plan for it and uh, clear and make it crystal clear and make it crystal clear. And then you kind of just pull it into reality.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, like Dake wrote down two times or, you know, 2011 national champ, 2012 national champ, you know, multiple times in his, in his book, right? If you're not believing something, you're not going to achieve it. Um, so, you know, let's say you, you're going to win this medal over in Norway. You come back to the Albany region. Uh, what's your first meal back?
1: Ah, uh, first meal? <laughs> oh, yeah. Meal, ah, uh, man, like I really like breakfast food. I okay. think I would probably have some sort of breakfast food before because that's that's kind of I, I I didn't get breakfast food this time because uh, um, we went to another restaurant um and, and ate some other stuff. There wasn't a lot of options in Nebraska in our area, but we had that that there and I you know I missed out on breakfast food. So honestly, um, breakfast food is probably going to be the first thing I'm uh I'm eating there. And then also um I'm I'm going to be enjoying Norway for you know. N- at least two days after because you know i talked about this and a lot of senior wrestlers we're starting to understand this now um it is really important to enjoy your time when you go on these trips as well right yeah. like um i, I talked to a lot of other wrestlers like that you know you don't want to lose if you a lot of them have this curse where if they lose right they go oh you know i don't i don't i can't enjoy nothing i just want to go home and you know i don't en- i don't deserve to enjoy anything right but when, what you do when you do that is you're kind of losing twice you're losing twice you lose the tournament and then you lose that experience as well right yeah so don't lose twice don't even lose once win both times win the tournament and then win the experiences too and that's what i plan on doing i plan on winning the tournament and then winning the experiences too win all the experience enjoy Norway and go out and eat enjoy the culture right enjoy the people um uh, spend time over there and then you know travel the world travel the world and other places and do the exact same thing that's always been my plan so
0: yeah no I mean wrestling obviously brings you to a lot of great places and not only in the country um I mean I guess Cornfield, Nebraska is probably not the the greatest place to be, but you know, in the in the world too, you obviously like you said Norway or mm-hmm. and just random places to uh, to experience. Um, you know, you got to enjoy the journey. But uh, talking about journey, um, you know, journeyman wrestling. How did you get introduced to the sport of wrestling?
1: Yeah, so I, um, I was a journeyman. Um, it was a great club run by Frank Papalizio. He's still very um, active in my wrestling career. Still helps me out a lot. Um, I'm really appreciative of him. And, uh, uh, you know, when I was young, I wrestled all three styles. I think that that is like a must for anyone that wants to go really far in uh, the sport of wrestling. You have to wrestle all three styles. And, um, you know, I wrestled bulk style during the season. And I wrestled freestyle and Greco off season. Um, that was kind of my whole gig when I was a kid. Uh, I would wrestled Greco since I was eight years old. Um, and I was in all the little peewee tournaments and whatnot and you know greco was really my main focus you know growing up uh, um you know folk style even freestyle folks and freestyle was kind of secondary to me because you know my dad was a greco guy so right so we went to uh, all these not yeah go ahead yeah.
0: no i mean i just i was kind of gonna ask you about you know your family right you you grew up in a house full of wrestlers your your uh, sisters wrestle um you you you. I know obviously I'm from New York as well, um, Governor. But we we've seen Shenandoah at multiple places, and you know your dad's always there. And I knew he was a former wrestler. I didn't know much of the story, but you know I knew he was a Greco guy. And you know you obviously were very well represented in and in Greco, and as well as your sister Alexis. But you know you guys both had you know high level success on the national level both together in high school, you know, how was that having your sister by your side?
1: Um, it was good. I, I honestly, um, I enjoyed wrestling, you know, beside them when I was a kid. I think that was a really good experience for me. Uh, I, now, now for, it, we we kind of, um, Alexis hasn't wrestled in a while. My sister, you know, she's kind of been on and off. But um, as far as, you know, childhood memories, I think those are some of our best, memories it's just you know going to wrestling tournaments together I, I remember going to uh, Orem Utah um, you know we would make a vacation out of it right it would be our family vacation and then we'd also have a wrestling tournament and yeah those are some of my most fond memories so um, I think yeah like I said um, as a conclusion they're fond memories.
0: So I just kind of wanted to briefly talk about Shenandoah. you know in high school you wrestled for Coach Weeks and Frank Popalizio you guys had some solid teams and some hammers on the, t- in the room. Um, you know, for those who are listening, I know there's been a lot of Albany area people and even just people throughout the state know these teams, but you had guys, you know, practice partners, like Nick Kelly, Kevin Parker, uh, Alma Viva. And I mean, obviously he was a little bit bigger, but Levi Ashley, you know, what does it mean to have, you know, those kind of practice partners in the room and, and, you know, being on the teams you were, um, I think you guys were state champs a few years running.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that was definitely um, a good, uh, a good part of my development, you know, as a wrestler. Uh, I think that uh, having those wrestlers uh, or, you know, um, decent wrestlers in the room, even for folk style, definitely helped my development as a wrestler as a as whole, as a whole. Um, I, I really think that coach Popeliza and coach Weeks, you know, they were great coaches. Um, they also, you know, even though I was, like, you know, a freshman, I remember they, they made me wrestle people like Nick Kelly and David Almaviva and, you know, the best people in the room. And I, I really, uh, really benefited from the fact that they believed in me so much, you know. They, they saw so much potential in me as, as a young kid, even though I hadn't really done much yet. They knew that I could be really good. And so they, they allowed me to wrestle, like, the best people in the room. Um, like Nick Kelly was a state champ at that time so and I was wrestling him and you know David I would you had placed at state already and I was wrestling him as well uh, we had real matches too where they would actually tell uh, Dave and uh, Nick to not take it lightly right <laughs> and so I so I would wrestle I would be wrestling I was always wrestling like the best people always wrestling. and that was no, that was another thing about our team too is that I remember we would always wrestle the best people um sometimes we'd have like not the best record right and other teams in the area would have better records than us because they didn't wrestle anybody the whole year right
0: yeah
1: um but we would have you know two or three or four losses because we'd wrestle literally the best people in the state we would go to all the best tournaments and i would wrestle all the toughest people so um and i really think you know that helped my development as well as a wrestler. And you know, topping it off with the fact that I didn't actually win states, I took third, or fourth and third. I think that also drew, uh, you know, it was a big character building uh, point for me too, because I felt like I, you know, um, wasn't finished, or kind of had some sort of score to settle, as as you know, as as an eighteen year old. So.
0: Yeah. So I mean, obviously, in, in high school, you you, you know, growing up, you were a Greco guy. I think you stated that you. You enjoyed Greco more than the other two styles, but you know you committed to the Greco-Roman program at the Olympic Education Center in Northern Michigan University. You know, when did you realize you wanted to focus on Greco during college?
1: Um, yeah, we always knew that I was going to be a Greco guy because you know my dad was Greco, so that was kind of like predetermined, really. Yeah. Um, Greco was my pre uh, predetermined style. I knew that I had to wrestle all three styles and. You know, in wrestling, usually you specialize in one style. I'm not saying that you can't be good at both, uh, at more than one style, because if uh, you probably can, there are Greco guys that are kind of doing that now. Um, you know, like Braxton Amos, he, he's, he's kind of been in and out in freestyle and doing well in both. And uh, there's a couple other guys too. But I will say this um, you probably won't see any freestyle guys do well in Greco. But you will see Greco guys do well in freestyle. Yeah, so um, yeah, fair enough. That that's kind of yeah that's kind of just how it works. Greco is kind of like a kill all, and um, I feel like Greco guys um, do kind of have the aptitude, or uh, they they would have the aptitude to actually be good at all freestyles. But um, for me, I'm kind of just focused on Greco right now. I'm not really um hard set on moving to freestyle or doing well at freestyle or anything like that um I really just want to make sure that I win my medals and and become a prominent figure figure in greco because I think that um the United States needs a prominent figure in greco
0: yeah I mean they kind of need someone to you know someone that's growing their brand right obviously you see guys like abel stevenson and, and dake and burrows and you know their their social media platform they're they're growing their brand and um freestyle right you, you said greco is boring but you know you're, they're making freestyle you know a better sport or, or more watch sport just because they're coming from more you know college scene but guys like yourself who are you know growing their brand right you've got that shirt out um you, you know you're doing a lot of things to grow your brand i know i think a lot more greco people need that having guys like braxton amos you know crossover freestyle and greco you know it draws more eyes to the sport too which is great um you know you've been at northern michigan now for six years i believe uh tell us how is how is it being how is it like being coached by uh coach andy bizik
1: um yeah uh he's a he's a great coach you know i think that you know he he really helped me out a lot while i was there uh he helped me with uh, my defense, my guy wrenches, and he was a really great uh, drilling partner too because he could still wrestle me. Um, so I, I was really thankful for having him, you know, at the time that I did. And I think that, you know, the um, the Northern program definitely helped me at the time I needed it.
0: So let's let's get into the Greco is boring sure now. Um, you know, you've talked about, you know, the reasoning behind it and, you know, You know, everybody who's watched you wrestle and especially bouts against uh, Kamal Bay, you know, you guys know Greco is not boring, right? You're, you're, you kind of have the art of wrestling where, uh, you you know, I, I enjoy watching Greco anyways, but having your guys who wrestle Greco, you know, obviously my eyes are on them more, you know, whether it's you, Burke Paddock, Lenny Merkin, Jesse Williams. um, What do you have to say for the people who think Greco is boring? And, you know, why would you advocate for more people to wrestle and get into Greco?
1: Yeah, um, you know, I really think that the fact that Greco doesn't get as much attention as freestyle and um, folk style is actually a plus for character development for these wrestlers. You know, I feel like it's part of the thing that makes it special. Sometimes I like to see it this way. Wrestling or Greco is kind of like, wrestling in other sports so what i mean by that is that wrestling is a harder than a lot of other sports and gets less credit than a lot of other sports greco is harder than the other styles my opinion <laughs> but gets less credit than the other styles right mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a mini wrestling it's kind of wrestling within wrestling <laughs> right yeah um and for me, I do feel like USA wrestling as a whole does have to recognize their Greco wrestlers, uh, more before they can expect other sports to recognize them. And like, you have to recognize yourself, which Greco is them, right? It's a Mm -hmm. part of wrestling before other people can recognize you, you know? Um, but for me, I, I, uh, I've always kind of had the stance of, you know, I, I don't just like talk the talk. I walk the walk. Right. Um, so all the talking is great and all, but I, I, I much enjoy just kind of showing it on the mat a lot more, you know, but um, for, also for me, I used to just do that, but I do both now. I wrestle hard. I fight hard on the mat. And then I talk too, because for me, I want more. I want more out of wrestling. I want more out of life in general. So I do more to get more. Right? Mm -hmm. So instead of just wrestling well, I'm wrestling well and I'm talking about it. I'm being an advocate for Greco-Roman wrestling. I'm being an advocate for uh, wrestling in general. Right? I don't just talk about Greco wrestling. I talk about wrestling in general because wrestling in general is also, you know, very, very underrated. So, um, you know, and, and I do that in a lot of different creative ways. You know, I have a meme page, Elite Wrestling Memes. And then I have my other social media pages uh, um, that I'm growing. I have 11,000 followers on TikTok that I've been growing that page for a while. Um, and I do a lot of other things to kind of, um, you know, and also, yeah, I'm, I'm wrestling. I'm creating my own highlights and uh, doing other things to just be an advocate for wrestling. So, um, and, and uh, you know, I don't have to do all of those things. Um, a lot of, some people say, well, just, you know, wrestle, just be a good wrestler. That's how you can help wrestling. It's like, yeah, but that's not enough. You know, I want more. So I'm doing more. That's, that's, that's the way I see it. I want more. So I do more. I want wrestlers to get paid. Right. I want us to actually be on equal footing with football players that, you know, can get paid millions of dollars just to play in one game, you know? That's that's what I want for wrestlers, all wrestlers, you know. And so in order to get that, I feel like I need to do more. And so that's what I do.
0: Yeah. Um, what what's that uh TikTok? Um, your your handle or whatever those things are called uh on TikTok, where we can find you. At?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh my TikTok is elite wrestling memes. So that's the word elite, then wrestling, which is W-R-A-S-L i n so that's wrestling elite wrestling and then memes, which is m e m e and then three z's Z Z.
0: perfect yeah i'll uh, make sure to tag that in the the episode notes um i kind of wanted to talk about the new york i mean obviously new york hasn't had the, the success that we've had i guess years ago in freestyle and greco out in fargo i guess particularly greco um I think in 2014, which you would have been out there as well, we've had three champs in Willa Cole, Ronaldo, um, Rodriguez-Spencer, and Burke Paddock. They all won titles, and I think you, there might be another one that was an All-American as well. Uh, Fast forward to this year, um, this was, since then, um, we haven't had a a finalist, let alone a champ, but uh, this year we had Alex Semenenko, he was a champ, Mike Altimer, he finished second, and Adrian Artushiewski, he was an All-American were you able to follow along? And, you know, we had guys like Jesse Williams and Lenny Merkin in the corner for team New York. I think it would be cool to have yourself in the corner, you know, years down the road, being an advocate for the sport of wrestling and, and being in the corner for the New York guys as well would be pretty special.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, if the opportunity presented itself for me to go down there, I would definitely do that. Um, I, I don't, I don't think they actually asked me to go down there, um, to my knowledge. So but they would have, I would have definitely gone, but, uh, I think that um, the best thing to do uh, or the best thing I can do uh, for, for uh, Greco and, you know, New York Greco and Greco and United States is not only be a good example for them by winning, but also uh, continuing to grow my brand and show that wrestling is a profitable skill, you know, and it can be done basically. Um, Cause I really think that, you um, a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, you know, wanting to make money gets a bad rap in a lot of, in a lot of places. And I don't think it should, because I think that wanting to make money is not just to make money, but it's, it's more about having freedom in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. I think people want to have freedom in their life. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. Right. And I think that, Showing that wrestling as a skill can bring you that freedom in your life um, that, that they're looking for is a highly you know, motivating factor and can be a highly motivating factor for a lot of Greco wrestlers in the United States. So me leading by example and showing them that that can be done, not only that you can win in Greco right overseas, you can beat these guys overseas, but you can create a brand from you know, Greco wrestling and profit off of it. I think that that is a a really important thing for me to do. So that's, that's one of the things I'm focusing on.
0: Yeah. You mentioned your, uh, you know, and you've got some plans for the sponsors and stuff, uh, you know, in the works. Uh, What are, what's your next few weeks look like leading into also?
1: Yeah. um, You know, I, I kind of do things at the same time. You know, I, I have, when, when you're early on, um, I kind of see it as running a business. You know, when you're early on in running a business, you have to basically do everything on your own. Uh, a lot of it you're doing on your own because you can't, you don't have enough the capital to pay other people to do it yet, right? And right. so I'm doing a lot of these other sponsorships and fundraising and, and training all on my own, right? So I'm doing the training, doing the fundraising, doing the, uh, you know, the promotion, all that stuff on my own right now. And I'm kind of just taking little bites at a time, right? Um, there's many things that I would like to do that I just haven't been able to complete yet. You know, I haven't been able to get up a website, haven't been able to do this, haven't been able to do that. Right. But we're taking little, little tiny pieces at a time. And what you need to notice is that when you get opportunities, opportunities breed opportunities, right? So no matter how small that opportunity is, you want to take it, you want to take it and you want it to lead to other opportunities, to bigger opportunities, um, and this is one of the reasons that I take literally pretty much every podcast opportunity that I see, you know, I take every podcast opportunity that I see because it's another opportunity for me to speak and say really important things that people need to hear. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 I take, and then it, you know, that breeds more opportunities, but uh, I think that, you know, looking at things that way is, is, uh, is a healthy way to look at it. You, you no, no matter how small, the opportunity may look or if it may look like it's not worth your time you you still want to take it because opportunities breed opportunities
0: yeah no absolutely I mean this podcast isn't as big as let's say Bashamania um Justin Bash he's a guy that lives over in Spencerport Rochester area but uh you know he's had he's got guys like Thomas Gilman and Vincenzo Joseph and and stuff like that on his podcast but he's always he's also you know into that stuff too i think he's got a website designer and and he, he does a lot of producing and stuff like that but uh he's got websites made up for in the works right now for yanni and like he's got one for for jo and jb and and all those guys but you know i'm, I'm gonna have to kind of forward this over to him because you know you have obviously a lot of great things to say and and i don't think he's ever had a greco guy on as well so it'd be a great talk for him but uh you know talking about the Opportunities present themselves, and you talked about winning and whatnot. Um, you know, obviously, the guys that just won Olympics, you know, Gable him winning obviously led to MMA contract, a WWE contract. You know, he had a lot of different things to choose from, and uh, just looking at their Instagram followers and social media at that, and watching them grow from I don't know 100,000 to 150,000 after they made the finals, and then 300,000 after they won and and so on you know you know opportunity um builds off from success so yeah i love what you're saying
1: yes and i really think that gable stevenson um is a great example for all of the other wrestlers within the sport you know this is what they should all be aspiring to you know and um we should be aspiring to not only you know uh make sure those opportunities are there for olympic champions but those opportunities are there for, you know, all Americans and people that, you know, um because the, the the level of competition um compared to other sports is there, right? Like a um an all American in wrestling doesn't get the same things that an all American in football does. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we're, we need we need to work on bridging that gap. That's what we need to be focused on. And I think that it's definitely starting to pick up. Um, there's definitely no mistake about it. There has been lots of progress in that area. You know, with this recent rule change for the NCAA's. Now, you know, wrestlers like Roman Bravo, Young, and eh, um, e- easy with that one. Uh, hmm?
0: I said uh, easy with that one. Um. There's kind of some muddy waters right now with Penn State because. I guess, uh, Roman Bravo young and several other Penn state. I don't know if they're also wrestlers or just athletes in general. They have, you know, big NIL deals right now in the works and they're not being accepted by Penn state. Uh, it's kind of something that's unfolded today and people are starting to talk about it, but, uh, guys like kale are not happy about it because, you know, these guys are making a name for themselves by the success and the brand that they built, but now they can't, you know, profit off of it. So rby it's unfortunate for rby but yeah no other guys like aj ferrari and and stuff it's it's huge
1: for sure yeah you know and there's going to be pushback there's going to be pushback we're still kind of treading new waters right here right (laughs) we're gonna we're we're, we're treading new waters right here We're, we're trying to break out um we've made lots of progress still you know just by be them being able to profit in the first place right so um you know it's always going to be, you know, an uphill battle for that, but I, I know that um, the progress is there and that it shows that uh, there's potential in wrestling, there's potential in wrestling, and wrestling can be a profitable skill. So,
0: yeah, the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about was the the growth of wrestling, right? I mean, a few yeah. programs have dropped. Um, NCAA programs have dropped, right? Stanford, Fresno State, we got Stanford back. Old Dominion dropped. Um, We're looking at those schools, but there's also been a lot of schools that have added wrestling, right? Uh, Little Rock just added wrestling. we're, We're adding wrestling programs across the state or across the nation. We got Sacred Heart. They just added a program in the state. Elmira started a women's program, D3 women's program. And then uh, there's, there's talks about a Power 5 program starting women's wrestling. I'm pretty sure Iowa's on the brink of starting a women's freestyle wrestling program. Um, and then obviously RTCs are growing across the, the nation too, right? I think Ohio State just had three RTC guys um, in the World Team Trial Finals for, for Greco. And then there's obviously Minnesota. They've got a lot of good Greco guys too. Um, it's not just the Marines and the WCAP programs and all that stuff. Um, you know where would the best location be for an RTC right obviously you, you were in Michigan for a few years Um, that's that's cold like upstate New York uh, you know what, what's the best the ideal place to have an RTC that's really Greco strong
1: hmm. yeah I wouldn't really know because um, I don't have a lot of information or data on you know uh, different places in the United States and how they would be with Greco right uh, as far as I'm and you're going to look for a place where the most, where the most interest in Greco is. Um, I recently had figured out that there's actually a good amount of interest in Greco um, in California. There's actually a good amount of interest in Greco in that area. I think like the Bay Area, um, there, I have a lot of people contact me from that area that are interested in Greco. Um, there's a lot of Greco fanatics over there. So, you know, I think maybe that area would be a good uh, area to put RTC.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's not a bad, I mean, we, I think Cole, obviously he just went to Stanford, but I'm pretty sure he brought a which was at Cornell with him. He's a Greco guy. Um, you know, that, that's a great opportunity for, for, uh, you know, their success that they have in, in Fargo, um, you know, even just the, the Midwest and the Western, the Northwest. Um, yeah. Stanford's a great place, um, but even just California in general. Uh, but let's talk about social media. We talked about the brand, where can people find you on social media?
1: Yeah, so I got JP Wrestling. That's, that's J P W R A S L I N. That's J P Wrestling. Um, that's my Instagram. Uh and then also, yeah, I have the Elite wrestling memes on Instagram too, we mentioned before. Um, and then I also have Elite wrestling memes on TikTok. So I have TikTok um and uh Instagram. I also have uh Facebook, you know, it's just Jesse Porter, you can search on Facebook. Um don't have a website up, like I said, we're <laughs> working on that. Um, but I have Twitter, which is, uh, Porter underscore 2015. Um, what else do I have? Oh, I have a LinkedIn and those are really the main ones. The ones I'm really active on are Instagram and TikTok. So
0: is there a, I mean, obviously you just made the world team. Um, is there any chance you're, you're opening up that, that line of, uh, Crackle is boring shirts or is freestyle done or started yet shirts, you know, the, the funny shirts that you made, or are you kind of waiting for the website to to drop?
1: Oh yeah. I plan on opening them up. Um, you know, when the website drops, I'll probably have some other new stuff. Um, I'm really um, focused on, on this shirt too, because I know a lot of people still, still want this one. Um, and and, you know, the whole thing for me, um, I like keeping my stuff clean and simple, Mm -hmm. Right. I don't need to throw a whole bunch of merch out and have a whole bunch of detail on my stuff. Cause for me, it's more about, um, it's more about the inside joke. It's more about the, the meaning behind the shirt, you know?
0: Yeah. Plus um, is more.
1: Yeah. Rather, yeah. So, so that, so for me, this one plain black shirt that just says Greco is boring in quotation marks, I might just stick with this for quite a while. Um, cause you know, I feel like the meaning in there alone is is enough. It's heavy. It has a lot of meaning to it. So, um, so, you know, yeah, I really want to make sure that I make, um, an emphasis, you know, I mean, emphasize this, this one shirt here.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, obviously if you, uh, shared the link and you're, you're selling them again before, um, before the, the world championships, it's a month away, but I'll be sure to share it on my, my, Twitter page as well, the More Wrestling Twitter page. I'm pretty sure I did um, before the Olympic team trials, but I can't remember. Um, but yeah, do you have anything else for us?
1: Uh, nope, nope. Um, if you're down here, that that was, uh, that was all I kind of had to say on it.
0: Yeah, well, uh, good luck in Oslo and put on a show for for Team New York and Team USA and, and really just for yourself, right? Growing that brand. Um, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks again for tuning in to episode 46 of More Wrestling.
1: All right, thank you.
0: You bet. Peace out.